now. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Shades of Strong, where we are talking about all the things that shape, make, and often break the strong Black woman. I'm Cheryl, and Natty actually had the audacity to go on vacation. So sitting in for her today is my daughter, Jessica, a.k.a. Jay Marie, a.k.a. Jay. Hey, Jay. <laughs> hey, Cheryl. Hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah, so Jessica's going to be sitting in with us for a few weeks because, like I said, Madeline is on vacation enjoying some time with her family. And so while she's out, Jessica has agreed to come on and make my world a little bit brighter. <laughs> Thank you, Jane. <laughs> anyway, today we are going to be talking about rape culture within, air quotes, the culture. And so I do want to just give a mini disclaimer before we dive into the topic is that this episode is about sexual violence and there may be, it may be triggering for some of you guys. So please proceed with caution. So Jay, what do you think about this whole rape culture thing within the culture? Well, I think it's something that we do without even knowing what that we're doing, promoting rape culture. Sometimes we just need to stop and think about what we're saying and whether or not we're judging people. Because, you know, you just never know what somebody's been through or is going through. You just want to be sensitive to that. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And so even before we dig deep into some of the things that we that happen in everyday culture, I want to notate that rape culture is not a group of people that are actually out here promoting sexual assault on, on women or men for that matter. But what it is, is that it, it, like Jessica just said, that there are things that we do in everyday culture that we do not realize is actually contributing to rape culture. So we're going to talk about some of those things today. And before we hop off, we're going to give you some resources that would be, that would be helpful to you if you feel like you are in a position where someone is taking advantage of you sexually and all of those good things. So one of the things that stands out the absolute most to me that I hear a lot of um, African-American mothers say is what happens in this house stays in this. And I believe everything in me that that contributes to rape culture, because what happens when we tell our our girls that are our boys, there are our children that is we don't say, okay, you can talk about this, but don't talk about that outside of the house. We just say, what happens in this house stays in this house. And so that leads them to believe that if something horrible is happening to me, then I cannot tell anybody. That's true. I mean, imagine being eight and somebody tells you, our business is our business. You know, what's going on here ain't nobody else's business. Then you're telling an eight-year-old that they're not going to have the reasoning in their mind to say, but if something bad is happening, maybe I should speak up. Right. So I feel like that, that definitely plays a role in it. We need to let our kids know that some things are better left unsaid, but then there are other things, like if someone is hurting you or someone is hurting me, that we may need outside help. Absolutely. So it's just, it's about finding a balance, I think, when it comes to that. Absolutely. Because of course, in, in your household, you do want to keep private things private. But at the same time, I think that we need to outline, we need to be specific in what it is that we want to we want to keep private. For instance, if mom and dad had, had a disagreement about something, then of course, we're not going to go outside telling the entire world that mom and dad were fighting about paying a bill. 
that stays in the house. If, right. uh, if mom burned dad's cornbread, then we're not going to go outside in the house saying daddy got mad because mama burned the cornbread. That stays in the house. So we need to clearly define what it is that we want to keep in the house. Because again, if you, if you have, for instance, a, a female, if you have a boyfriend living in a house and that boyfriend is touching your daughter in a inappropriate in, in an inappropriate way then now you've told her well I don't want you telling anybody what goes on in my house and so mm-hmm. she's not going to seek help because mama said because daddy said what happens in our house stays in our house so we need to clearly define where those boundaries are right and so just I know you have um you have of course I know because I'm your mom <laughs> mm-hmm. yes <laughs> So Jessica has a an eight-year-old son and a four-year-old daughter. And some of the things that I've noticed that that she that she does as a parent is there's a clear line of communication. And so Jessica, if you will just t- touch on that just a little bit, like how are you raising your children differently? How are you raising your, your kids differently as far as communicating and keeping and creating an environment where they are comfortable coming to you and talking to you about these? Well, I think what I do that may be a little different than when I was growing up, we just knew that there were certain things that you didn't ask grown-ups. As a matter of fact, don't ask them anything. Mm-hmm. You know, if they tell you to do something, they don't care how you feel about it. Just do it and do it with a smile until you get in the other room. My kids, I try to allow them and encourage them to express themselves in a respectful way that will let me know how they feel, let me know what's happening. Just creating a safe environment where they where they know they're not gonna get in trouble. Just come to me and tell me how you feel, and I try to encourage that. Even Jaden, he's a little bit more sensitive. The smallest thing might hurt his feelings, but you know, I always try to come back and talk to him and say, "Hey, what is it? What's going on? How are you feeling? Or how did that make you feel?" Mm-hmm. Just to get him to talk about it, and so that he would know that I care, and if I'm the one that fussed at you and made you sad, I care about how you feel about it. Mm-hmm. So I just try to keep the lines of communication open when it comes to them. So in the future, they won't be afraid when something very serious, if something very serious comes up. I think that is extremely important because as parents, I think are I want to say air quotes, old school parents. There were things in my house that we just did not talk about as children. Like you didn't talk to your talk to your parents about anything that had anything to do with sex. And so I think it's mm-hmm. important that as parents that we need to not just create an environment where our children can come to us and communicate to us about everyday things, but we need to create an environment where our kids can come to us and talk to us about sex. But in the African-American home, sex is so taboo. We we don't discuss that because we feel like, oh, our kids need to learn to respect us. Now, right. I will say for me personally, and Jessica, you can attest to this, my girls, my son, they can come to me and talk to me about anything. And that includes sex. Well, now we can. It hasn't always been. It has, like it. I will say. Right. No, I will say now we can. You know, I remember one day we were having a conversation in the kitchen with Amber 
she took things a little far and you had to leave out, but you tried, <laughs> you know, you tried to stay there and listen. <laughs> even even in my in my older age, where I'm 50 years old now, you know, I but I am glad that they're comfortable having these conversations. But even in that, I'm like, wait a minute now, we need some help. <laughs> but as parents, we cannot, we can we can't be so what's the word I want to use? So motherly and parenty that we those are not words I just made that up but we cannot be so like that that our children are not comfortable talking to us about sex they need to be comfortable enough to come to us and talk to us about their bodies because when they're when that when that door is not open when that environment is not created it it opens the door for other things to happen to our kids so we want to be very very careful about that to create a space where right. our children create an environment, create a home where our children can come to us and talk to us about sex. And I know that in the African-American church, we we kind of frown up on those things too. But I know with um, Jessica, not Jessica, but um, Asia and Nala, who are my last two children, I think that I was more open with them with the sex talks than I was with the three children prior to that. Would you agree with that, Jessica? Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I will say that I learned most things from school, from kids my age. Wait a minute. Listen now. We had some conversations. From kids my age. And let me tell you how much wrong information I received. You know, that's the point I'm trying to make. If they can't get the information from a trusted, reliable source, which I would prefer as me as a parent, then they're going to go get it, the information from somewhere. Like they're going to learn it somehow some way and when we leave it open if they can't come to us and get the proper information then who's to say who they're out here asking you know a stranger a predator a Mm -hmm. teacher never you just never know so you want to i want to leave the lines of communication open with my kids so that i know what information they're getting because i feel like i'm telling them the right thing and i don't don't know what's going on when you don't communicate with them and they do go to other people, we don't know that those people aren't grooming them. Right. That they can come in and they create this safe environment for them. Then before you know it, your child is in a position where, exactly. they, where they are being sexually mistreated. And so, again, we always have to create that space where our kids can, can come to us and, and talk to us about things. And then I want to just go ahead and talk about the whole because Jessica, you and I talked about this, the whole calling our sexual parts exactly what they are. I know a lot of mm-hmm. people have these special names for them, but I feel like like not calling them by what they are also contributes to, to rape culture. Because you and I talked about it where you were telling me about a story where a little girl had gone to school and mm-hmm. she was telling her teacher that her daddy kept touching her cookies. So naturally, her teacher assumed that her dad is at home eating her Oreos or her Chips Ahoy. Mm-hmm. But you, because she didn't know that the little girl referred to her vagina as cookies. Mm-hmm. So if the parent, if you had taught her that this is your vagina, mm-hmm. these are not cookies, then when she tells someone, my dad is touching my vagina, there's no question of that. Absolutely. You, 
So no, we don't need little cutesy names like pocketbook or you, you know, um yeah. it's just anything yeah. anything like that. It is what it is. It's it is what it is. It's a and they need to know that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And we need to and there's no shame in it. I think like I think in life in general, like the, the body parts are so like why are people so uncomfortable calling, saying penis and, and saying vagina? Like what is so wrong? With a two-year-old coming to you saying penis and vagina, what what is so wrong about that? Why can't we just embrace that instead of giving it, you know, these names? Back in the day, you know, the boys was a dingaling, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the boys were dingaling. Girls, God, what did they call the girls back in the day? I know as as the years went by, they it was like the JJ and pocketbook. Yeah, I mean, I know in the south, I done heard coin purse. Yeah. Yeah, flower, just whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, just like, whatever. Yeah, like uh, like they put a shame on it. Like exactly. the body is a shameful thing, mm-hmm. and it's nice. It's your body. It's what God gave you, and He gave us names for them too. And it and it really and it definitely wasn't coin purse. It definitely so. wasn't <laughs> cookies, and you know, don't right. dip into your cookie jar. You got you got to you got to be honest with your kids. You got to be real with them. You got to be one hundred with them. Mm-hmm. And let them know this is your penis. This is your, your this, this is your vagina. And there's nothing to be ashamed about in that because when you create that shame, then somebody else comes along and they show them how beautiful their bodies are. And again, right. they're grooming them. And so now mm-hmm. you have you have have your child in a position where okay, mom or dad. Don't don't make me feel good about my body, but this person does. And so now there's another door open where somebody can come in and start playing with their mind. You know, so you want and pray on them. And pray on them. That's the word I was looking for. And pray on them. And we do not want that to happen. And that needs to start at a young age. You do not need to wait until your children get seven and eight years old. At two years old, tell your daughter that's her vagina. And not mm-hmm. and not click and tell your son that that's his penis. And while we're on the subject of that, <laughs> <laughs> while we're on the subject of sons, sons and daughters, and teaching our sons and daughters, we need that like, even at a young age, we need to uh, we need to teach our son. Because I know you were saying that you that you teach Jaden that what McKenzie said, stop. Then you stop immediately. Now, why mm-hmm. why is that so important to you, Jessica? Well, that's that's important to me because. And I'm not trying to say all oh, men are like this, but I think part of when it comes to rape is that, oh, she said no, but she didn't really mean it. Mm-hmm. You know, she said stop. So I, you know, I stopped for a minute. Then we started back. I thought she was into it. So I feel like as children, if you teach them from the beginning that no means no, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean no for two minutes. It means no until I say I'm ready to do it or until I say I'm comfortable. Mm-hmm. And stop means stop. It doesn't mean stop or slow down and go. It means stop right then, not when you get ready, not when you're done. It means stop right then. I think if we teach them that even in situations that have nothing to do with sex, then when they start getting to the age where they're sexually active, they will remember that when someone tells me stop, when someone tells me no, this is what it means. That's why I drill that into him that when someone tells you not to do something, to stop doing something to them. And it could be something simple like tickling or whatever. Mm-hmm. That means stop doing it, that you don't continue doing it. We teach them that them that now it'll be drilled into them when they get older. Absolutely. And I think it's so important that you are teaching Jaden that as a boy, 
because at eight years old, he needs to know, even on the playground, he mm-hmm. needs to know that when little Sky says stop, Jaden, little Sky means stop, Jaden. That doesn't mean keep going. That means, right. means stop. And even though, you know, it may be in a playful manner, but what you teach them now is going to go forward with them into adulthood. So it is so important that boys recognize. And, and I say boys because it's more prevalent. Mm-hmm. Boys that they, they just, oh, and we talked about this earlier today as well, that boys will be boys, you know, it's, yeah. not, it's not a big deal. But as parents who are raising boys, then it is our responsibility to, to start teaching them at a very young age, as soon as they are under, as soon as they can say the word, know themselves. It mm-hmm. is very important for us to teach them that no means no and stop means stop the first time. All right. And let's just be honest, especially little black boys. Exactly. Can we please because, talk about that? Right. Because they can get life in prison mm-hmm. for somebody just saying that they did it. Exactly. So, you, you know, why people, why there are other wonderful people who are actually doing it mm-hmm. and getting slaps on the wrist, probation, especially being a young black boy in America in this mm-hmm. climate. We want to make sure that we are teaching them from the start how to behave. We, we need to teach them that because let's just keep it 100. But black men don't get a fair chance in America. And that's, that's, that's just real. They don't get a fair chance in America. So as parents, we've got to do everything that we can do to protect them and teach them and educate them and prepare them for the real world. That just is what it is. Yeah, we, we, that is what it is. It's true. It is true. We have to do our parts when it comes to raising black boys in America because they don't, they don't get a fair chance. Right. So another one that I, that I notated Oh yeah, this is one. This is one that I absolutely hate the most. Telling women that they are dressed inappropriately, or if they right. dress this way or that way, or your skirts too short, or your shorts are too short, or if she hadn't been walking this way and she didn't have on those six-inch stilettos and all that nonsense. Let me mm-hmm. just—I don't care what a woman is wearing. It does not matter what she is wearing. That does not give anybody permission to pray up on her that does not give you permission to touch her body that does not give you permission to lust after her it doesn't give you any of that I can wear whatever I want to wear and nobody has the right to touch me inappropriately that's true I don't care if I walk outside naked if I walk outside naked (laughs) right that doesn't (laughs) give that's it's not an invitation it's not an invitation if I walk out of the house, start naked. It, that is not an invitation for you to touch any part of my body. All right. So we got to stop telling women. Because I, I remember when I when we were in the church some years ago, a lady pulled me in a corner and say, said, your dress is too short. Your husband is a minister. You don't need to be wearing that. Blah, 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 blah. All blah. right. Who are you to tell me what to wear? And, and I, my dress was like right above my knees. It wasn't like. Like it wasn't like at my thighs or anything like that. Like it was like right above my knee, which I thought was fine. But again, I am I am an adult. I can wear whatever I want to wear, and and whatever it is, it does not give anyone invitation. So when we right. when we when we are justifying a woman being sexually assaulted by saying that she she shouldn't have been wearing that, or her dress is too tight, or her 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 shorts are too short, or her heels are too high, or her she she's showing too much cleavage, can we please just stop it? 
Let's just stop it. Because when you do that, then you are telling men that it's okay for Mm -hmm. them to invade her personal space. It's okay for them to touch her inappropriately. It's okay for them to rape her. Right. Because her cleavage was out. Let me say, I'm the type of person, my cleavage is out. Mine's you know, it's, it's, I got big boobs. I mean, it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have big boobs. You know, apparently it's genetic hereditary. And it's not intentional. However, if they're out, they're out. I don't mind it. And if you see it, see it and don't see it. It does not give you permission to walk up to them and touch them. It does not give you permission to say slut or promis- mm-hmm. promiscuous or that I'm easy just because you see me showing a little leg and a little cleave it. Men have enough respect for women and have enough self-control to know that this is not an invitation. That is the word self-control. Have enough self-control. You can't just be over here touching my body just because I got a little cleavage showing. You can't. Right. You cannot. You. I, I have not given you permission to touch me. You can't do that. So as women, we we gotta we gotta stand in support of each other. Like we can't be in a corner saying, "Oh, she shouldn't have had that on." We gotta stop victim blaming because exactly when we do that, we are ultimately giving these these perverts out here permission mm-hmm. to prey up on our sisters, and we gotta stop doing that. Right, we have to stop doing no. that. It's a, it's a sad, sad state when we live in where we're standing in a corner with, with other women and we're huddled up saying, well, if she hadn't, if she wouldn't have had that on, that wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Ooh, which brings me to the whole R. Kelly and the, and the Bill Cosby situation that I know there are going to be some people <laughs> that are not going to like what I'm about to say. But I personally am a survivor of sexual assault. I have no sympathy for men who prey up on young girls and and for men who rape women i have no sympathy sympathy for them at all and if i if i'm gonna pick a side i am almost guaranteed every time to pick the side of the woman who is standing in her truth now Mm -hmm. show other shows otherwise then i'm okay with that but what i was about to say was (laughs) the whole bill cosby and 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 the r kelly situation like we want to publicly defend celebrity that contributes to the to the to rape culture. When we right. say, um, why why do they why they wait so long to come out and we want to say, oh, Bill Cosby is America's dad. He would have never done that. Listen, I want there. I don't know if Bill Cosby did it or not. That, and it's not for me to decide. But what I do know is that in more cases than not, women do not lie about being raped. I do know that. But let me tell you why they don't. Because of this very reason, because they get drugged through the mud. Nobody is volunteering to be ridiculed and right. shamed and victim blamed. Nobody is volunteering to do that. So I lean more towards the towards the side of the victim and saying, okay, she's probably telling the truth. Right. And that's why a lot of people don't say it. That's why a lot of people don't tell. You know, that's why a lot of rapes go unreported because what if they don't believe me? Mm-hmm. Because we've known this to be true. You know, what if they ask, well, what was I wearing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know, that's why a lot of people... How much, or how much did you have to drink that night? Mm-hmm. Right. How, what, what, what was your behavior at the time of the assault? Right. Not what even questioning, did this person buy me a drink? Yeah. Did he put something, in, put my something in my drink? My drink. You, you know, it's like it's always on the women. Like, it's their fault. Mm-hmm. 
but nobody wants to hold the men accountable, especially when they're celebrities. We do not, because even with, with the whole Bill Cosby situation, I remember, I think Harvey, Harvey Weinstein came on, came either, his incident came either right before Bill Cosby or right after. But everybody mm-hmm. was saying, um, well, what about Harvey Weinstein? You got this white man that's out here. He's done this and he's done that. I don't see them dragging him through the mud. I don't care. Harvey Weinstein, yeah. not For me, that's irrelevant. That does not discount the fact that Bill Cosby is being accused of something. Yeah, it was years and years ago. But who are you to tell me when to come for? And just, right. because of, just because the world is not dragging Harvey does not give Bill permission to touch somebody. It does not alleviate him of what he allegedly did. So can we please stop defending celebrities in the public? We, we got to stop doing that. Well, you know, so many people love R. Kelly. <laughs> and, you know, they made plenty of babies to use the music. Mm-hmm. If he's wrong, wrong is wrong. Wrong is wrong. I don't care how you look at it. And then, and the thing, the whole thing with the whole R. Kelly situation was that, you know, they were saying these girls are old enough to know what they were doing. But again, just looking at it, and I I wonder, I don't know what happened, but I will say that men are predators. They they groom these women and and the girls, and they know. How they know the things to say to get in their head. They promise you this and they promise you that. And, and they and they treat you kind and they buy you things. And at 14, 15, 16 years old, Jay, all you know is I like that person. He bought me. Ooh, I look cute in this mm-hmm. outfit. Oh, he fly me out to New York. That's all you know. Your mind right. not developed enough to make a sound decision. And so all these all these people out here saying, oh, she was old enough to know better. To know better, she knew what she was getting herself into. No, she did not. She had no right. idea what she was. Because I mean, what's the age of consent? Like sixteen. Mm-hmm. So that's the age that the law says you are old enough to make the decision to have consensual sexual relations with someone. Mm-hmm. That law was put into place for a reason because someone who's twelve. 14, even 15, and even probably someone who's 16, let's just be honest, they do not have the mental capacity to make a decision like that and think about what is what is going to affect in the Absolutely. future, like how it's going to affect them in the future. They don't think that far. Like kids live right now, today. They don't think about my mama buy me this purse today. She might not be able to buy me food tomorrow. They just right. want what they want. Like they just want what they want. It's, exactly. So they don't even have the the mental capacity to say yes. I want to. I want to be with with R. Kelly. Mm-hmm. Only thing they're thinking about is that is R. Kelly. Nothing else. They're not thinking about anything else. He's a celebrity, mm-hmm. and he want me. Mm-hmm. That's what that, that's what they're thinking. So no, they're not. No, we're not going to hold them accountable because, and I don't care if they are 25, 26 today. They're speaking out today, and we're not going to hold them accountable for what they did when they were fourteen and fifteen. Because honestly speaking, and this is just my opinion, but I don't think that they knew any better. Girl, when you were thirteen, did you know any better? Come no. on, <laughs> absolutely not. It is. It's just like you just been saying. We want what we want at that age. We want what we want. We do not have the mental mental capacity to make sound decisions. We mm-hmm. just know he dangled this in front of me. I like it. He said he gonna give it to me, and all I gotta do is this. Right. You know, he's going to give me a record deal. Mm-hmm. He's going to fly me out to his house. Oh, I can live with him. Mm-hmm. You know, and then people say, well, where were the parents? 
Where were so now, so now we're going. So to, now we're going to put it on the parents. Exactly. We're going to excuse what he did, and, and we're going to blame blame the parents. Like how could right. the parent not know what was going on? And I know, I know what that feels like personally. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we're not going to do that. We're we're, we're not going. We're not going to blame. We're not going to blame the victim, and we're not going to blame the parents. We're going to put the blame where it should be, and that is on the offender. That's where right. the lies. And when we are out here on, on social media defending our, the R. Kellys and, and, and the Bill Cosby's of the world, then we are ultimately saying, it's okay. What y'all did was perfectly okay. Go on out there and rape somebody else. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what we're saying. And as, as a community, we have to stop doing that. Right. We have to stop doing that. Because what if it were my child? in that position. And people are so quick to say, oh, I know where my kid is all the time. No, you don't. You don't. You don't know what they're doing either. You don't know where they are. You don't know (laughs) what they're doing. You don't know who they hang out with. Let's just keep it 100. Because I know when I was in school, I skipped school. I got on the bus. Mm -hmm. When the bus landed at the school, I got off the bus, walked across the street, did not go inside of school. I went on about my business and I did what I wanted to do. Right. Don't, don't as parents, you cannot be out here saying, "Oh, I know what my I know what my child is all the time." No, you don't. You don't know, and you don't know who who's in their ear talking to them. Mm-hmm. So let's put the blame where the blame lies. It's not the child's fault. It's not the parent's fault. It's the offender's fault. That's whose fault it is. Right. And at the same time, you have to be careful about that because let's just say you have a child who's being sexually abused. Mm-hmm. And then your child hears you taking up for R. Kelly saying, oh, well, the child should have known better. Um, you, you know, he should, she shouldn't have been out here with no grown man. Now she can't talk to you about this because of what your feelings are. Because so you have to be careful about that, right? Because now, you, now you've made her feel like, oh, if I come to her, she's not going to believe what I say anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. That goes- or it's, or it's going to be my fault. Mm-hmm. It go, that goes back to creating that safe space and creating a safe environment for your child to come to you and openly talk to you about whatever is going on in their mm-hmm. lives. They need to be able to do that. And if you're standing back in a corner with your friend talking about, I'm still going to listen to R. Kelly, I don't care what nobody say. Then right. You are telling that child that your safety and your well-being is not important to me. And sure. we can't do that. We, we can't do that as parents. Like We, we got to do better. We got to do better with that. And that's just how I feel about it. Y'all can love it. I like it. I'm just. (laughs) (laughs) And so I want to talk about the whole no means, no thing within the confines of relationships. Because a lot of people think that when you're in a relationship that you can't be raped by your partner. You can't be raped by your husband. I personally beg to differ. I feel like even within the confines of a of a relationship where even if you've been in a relationship 5, 10, 15 years, no still means no. Mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer in that. No still means no. And we, mm-hmm. we have to adhere to that. You, right. you can't just be saying, oh, well, I guess there, there's kind of sort of a fine line, Jessica. <laughs> because like, okay, let's just say, for instance, in marriage. If you decide, okay. Yeah, I mean, I know there are certain expectations that come along with marriage as far as it relates to sex. Mm-hmm. Some people feel like they should they should do it whenever their husband acts. That it's mm-hmm. their wifely duties. But, you know, I will say if I was somebody's wife, if I didn't feel like 
performing that duty that day, mm-hmm. then it wouldn't get done. And I don't plan on you forcing me to do it either. Like exactly. there should be boundaries mm-hmm. even when it comes to that. Like no still means no. no, you can't get on top of me and force me down and hold me down and make me do it because at the end of the day, that's right. That's right. I don't care how you look at it. No means no. Stop means stop. Even within the confines of relationship. Mm-hmm. No, no is no. I don't. Now you might be more or less likely to call it right if you're if that's your husband, right? But it it, it still is maybe something y'all can talk about because maybe he needs to work on his mindset. But it's still right. Mm-hmm. And even if that's your husband, your boyfriend. Your girlfriend, it doesn't matter when they when next when the other person says no, that's what it means. It doesn't matter because y'all are in a relationship. Absolutely. It it doesn't matter, even even if you're in a relationship. And those are things that do not need to go ignored. Because if if a person is forcing himself upon you, even if you're in a relationship with a person, if a person is forcing himself upon you, that says that there is something psychological going on with that person. Mm-hmm. And you need to check that relationship. Because if if you're if you're in a marriage and you tell your husband, I don't I don't feel like it tonight, your husband should not be holding you down. All right. He should not be doing that. Your boyfriend should not be holding you down. So those are things that you want to pay attention to. You want to to, to recognize that this is not normal behavior. Mm-hmm. That is not normal behavior. There's something psychological going on, and that's something that you need to check. I'm just going to keep it 100. Those are my personal yeah, no, I mean, but I will say a husband might not give up, you know, that easy. He might still try to persuade you and warm you up a little bit, you know. He might give yeah. in after a while. There's a difference in... Gosh, like, I, I guess you could call it foreplay, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. some, women, some women like the whole, ooh, n- not right now. You know, and, you know, that kind of gets them in the mood. But again, there's a, there's a fine line. If you're, if you're consistently and continually saying no, and then it's to the point where you are really aggravated because he keeps pressing you. And he's got, he's got, he he has to restrain you or hold you down or hold your arm to get what he's trying to get then that is not consensual sex. Right. That is not consensual sex. So you so again, you, you need to check that. If it's not consensual, it's right. I don't care if it's in relationship or not. That's that's just the way it is. Now this will be a tricky one, Jay. <laughs> because you know there's the whole S and M sexual fantasies and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. And some people enjoy these type of activities. Right. And and some would say that it could be borderline. What say you? I don't really know. I mean, I will say I know you. I know you, my mom. But I got like this scene with like somebody sneaking through the window. I mean, you know, at nighttime. Well, hold up. You know, I leave the crack. You know, and um, you you just come on in. You, you know, of course it's gonna be somebody I know. But you you, you right, know, right. it's just people have fantasies. You know, but um, you can have, um, what did you say earlier, safe words, like um, Kevin Hart said, pineapples, you know, just just (laughs) something that can be said, you know, to let the person know that, okay, let's stop, you you know, but I don't know. I think it take, you know, very, I don't know what to call it. I feel like it take a special person to, um, I, I mean, I just really don't know. That is a tricky one. Because, you, you know, what if you get into it and you're really into it 
And you you know, person say pineapples and then you know, you don't stop. You you know. Mm-hmm. But then it is, you know, it is a problem at that point. But I don't know, I guess I would just look at it like any sexual experience, you know. I, I think I think for me it will have to be we sit down and we have a full blown conversation about it so that there are no misunderstandings. Mm-hmm. Like that for me, there will have to be like clear I hate to use the word guidelines when it comes to sex, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for me that would have to be like it's gotta be laid out. This is what this means, this is what that means. If I say no, then it's no, don't go any further. If I say stop, it's stop, don't go any further. Like I feel like that go that there has to be open communication if you're going to engage in S and M and sexual fantasies and, and things of that sort. There has there have to be there there have to be clear okay. and then no nobody gets to overstep those rules or cross cross the right. lines. If these if these are the rules that we have in place because it it, it could easily turn into something mm-hmm. else. And then just like with any other case of rape, then you're forced women are left trying to prove that rape actually Mm-hmm. place because I was engaged in some sexual fantasy or something. So now she had the burden of proof lies on her because, you know, we were engaged in this fantasy. So I think that there had there have to be clear cut rules. Boundaries have to be put in place and those boundaries under no circumstances should ever be crossed. Right. And I think I think that eliminates all of that. So yeah. What do you think, Jay? I mean I think like I said, I see it as any other sexual experience. Those guidelines and those boundaries need to be in place, you know, whether it's S&M or whether it's just regular missionary style, you know, you should have mm-hmm. those, um, you should have those boundaries, those rules. No means no. Stop means stop. You, you know, regardless of what type or whether you're doing a Kama Sutra or just something normal. It should, it's the same. Yeah. It's the same. Uh, the same, same rules still yeah. apply. Because because if they don't, then again we are contributing to rape culture, and and that's what this entire conversation about is things that we do in everyday life that contribute to rape culture, and we wanted to tie it in to the African American community. Mm-hmm. And like I was telling you, telling you in the beginning, Jay, like some of these things are 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 not just um, exclusive to the African American culture, but I see like. For instance, the whole what happens in the house stays in the house. I know I know mm-hmm. that is an African-American thing. I also know that we don't talk about sex, you know, because we typically think that's disrespectful. And right. so, so we, as, as Black parents, I feel like we need to continue to, to have these conversations. And so that mm-hmm. is the of, of, of us having this conversation today because we want, we want our listeners to create an environment where their children can come to them and talk to them about anything so that they can be involved in healthy relationships and that people are not preying upon them. Because, I mean, let's get real. It's real out here. Right. I mean, think about the whole, the, like, sex trafficking. Like, back mm-hmm. in the day, that was just like, you know, oh, not, not in my state thing, but here in Mississippi, mm-hmm. I've seen some of that now where people are saying they're at, they're at gas stations and, and people are preying upon them. And then it ultimately leads to sex trafficking. That's been some, some of that happening right here locally. And so all, all the yeah. things that, that we, that we thought were uncommon 
are now becoming common. And so so now now is the time for us to have these conversations with I mean with our entire families and let them know that these these are the things that are no longer taboo. We are going to have these conversations and we need to yeah. start having these conversations. Like it just needs to be a normal part of life. Yeah, like me personally, when it comes to my kids, I'm so over the babies get here by a stork. Or I, I swallowed a watermelon seed. No, I just told Jaden, and he was mad that he asked after I told him. Like, he was asking, you know, where babies came from, how the babies get in the belly. And I told him the true biological way of how it happened. You, you know, when we were done, he was like, okay, um, I won't ask no more. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised, but he, he knows, he knows now, he knows. And, and then also, when he goes out here and he does decide I'm about to have my sexual experience, he knows what can happen from that. Aside from his girlfriend and get pregnant, and then he come back talking about, you know, did you visit the, did you visit the store? Mm-hmm. You know, so people need to know, like, I'm, if you, and I tell him all the time, whatever you ask me, I'm going to try to give you an honest answer. I don't care what it is. And he's gotten me, you know, a couple of times when I didn't want to be honest. And he would say, you know, you told me that you would tell me the truth about whatever. Yes. It's important to tell, number one, tell your children the truth, create an environment where they are comfortable talking to you about anything, because at the end of the day, you don't want something horrible to happen to your child because you didn't Mm -hmm. do your part because that, that is guilt that you will have to live with for the rest of your life. And like we said in the beginning, there is no shame in talking about sex. Like sex is a normal part of life. <laughs> it's a norm. And if we didn't make it, if we didn't make it air quotes bad, then maybe just maybe we could decrease the number of sexual assaults if we didn't sex like it was such a horrible thing that is not supposed to be talked about in the household right and even if the number of assaults didn't decrease but the number of reports of them did mm-hmm. you, you know mm-hmm. even even that even that would be greater because then the people who are doing it are being hopefully being held accountable, held accountable. for what they're doing Exactly. So we, we got we got to start talking about this thing. And parents, if your if your child comes to you and say, Mom, this is happening to me, do not blow them off. Mm-hmm. Ask questions. Ask the important questions. Get detailed. Stop telling them my cookies because it ain't a cookie. Right. <laughs> Stop doing that. It ain't a dingling. It's a penis. It's a vagina. Mm-hmm. Your kid comes to you saying somebody is messing with my cookies, then you know exactly what you did. I say that wrong? I somebody think you said it wrong. I did. Say, okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. When they come to you saying talking about my vagina, you know exactly mm-hmm. what they are talking about. Somebody, if they come in and say they touch my breast, you know exactly what they're talking about, right? Breast, the correct biological term, yeah. They their breast. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, if they come in saying they touching my breast. If your kid comes in and t- telling you somebody did anything to them that right. makes them feel comfortable, that is worth having a conversation about. Mm-hmm. I don't care worth- if it was a look or exactly. something that they see. You know, chi- turning the chicken off and and coming back to it later and sitting down and having a conversation mm-hmm. with your child in that moment. It is worth 
the conversation. Don't blow that thing off. And me personally, I don't care if it's your boyfriend who moved in last week and he pay all the bills. <laughs> you can yes. pay all the bills because your boyfriends <laughs> and your husbands, not your husband, you know, they're not more important than these kids. They're these kids, we are their protectors. And if we're mm-hmm. not protecting them, then who is? Absolutely. Nobody. You know, we leaving Absolutely. them open. We leaving them vulnerable. And we we got to start choosing our kids. We, we have to choose our kids. And we mm-hmm. got to start asking the hard questions. Right. Like people are so quick to say ignorance is bliss. It might be, but ignorance is also harmful. Mm-hmm. So we got to start asking the hard questions. If your kid comes home from school and they are not acting as they normally do, ask the hard question. Right. Ask the hard question. I have a 14-year-old grandchild and granddaughter. And when she come, if she comes to my house and things seem out of the ordinary for her, I'm asking the hard questions. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking her, did a friend at school make you make you mad? I'm asking her, did somebody touch you? Did somebody do something that made you feel uncomfortable? You can tell me. I'm asking the hard questions. Right. Sometimes we don't ask the hard questions because we don't really want to know, because we don't know if we can handle it. Trust me, you can handle it far better than your child can. You can handle hearing the answer far better than your child can handle being sexually abused. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to ask the hard question. And then when you get the answers, act appropriately. Right. Take action. Take action. Don't just sit there and pretend like this conversation. Believe them. Mm Mm-hmm. Believe them. We are so quick to say, oh, she just be making up stuff. Or she overreacting. You know, she she a drama queen. Mm -hmm. You know, he probably bumped her shoulder, you know. And guess what? When you're doing that, when you're doing that, whoever that person is, is in the corner somewhere listening Mm -hmm. to what you're saying. And you have just given them permission to continue to do what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Don't be that parent. Don't be that parent. Don't be all these people that we talked about earlier. Don't be, don't be the the woman in the corner talking to your friends, talking about, oh, her shorts were too short. She was, she was flirting with him all the time. Don't be that woman. Don't be the don't be the person questioning why it took them so long to come out. Right. And I mean, most importantly, don't be that victim. Don't be that victim that sits quietly. You know, exactly. if 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 someone is out here listening. You might need mm-hmm. to hear that, you know, you don't have to be that person that sees quietly while someone mm-hmm. takes advantage of you. Absolutely. Um, you, there are people you can talk to, even if it's not family, there are resources and they're just mm-hmm. a Google search and they click away. But, you know, we will mm-hmm. give you some sources if it is, but you don't have to be a victim. Exactly. You, you can, you can be a survivor. And come out of it stronger than you were when when you went in it. Mm-hmm. So no matter how many times somebody says, "Oh, they won't believe you," they are lying. We right. will believe you. We will believe you. Yes. I can say for my for myself personally, and I know I can say I can speak for Jessica as well. We are standing supporting you. Mm-hmm. We are supporting you, and like Jessica said, we're going to leave some leave, leave some resources in the show notes of this episode. So you don't, if, if you are in a position where you are being sexually abused or someone is preying upon you or making you feel uncomfortable, there is help for you. And we, and we want you to know that we, we stand here to support you 100%. Right. And if 100%. your child is acting differently, even the slightest change, don't mm-hmm. blame it on 
you know, puberty or they're just a teen or they just, are they just a child? Pay attention. Pay attention. You, you, you know, changes come for a reason, even in adults. You know, we know that when we're acting differently, there's a reason behind it. That's the same with kids. There's a reason that they're acting off. So ask, you know, like my mom said, ask questions. And she does ask questions. She does, girl. She asks all the questions. Too many questions sometimes. <laughs> all the questions. <laughs> but here's the deal. I had to learn that the hard way. Mm-hmm. I had to learn it, learn it the hard way. And so moving forward, I ask the hard question, even if even if knowing the answer gives gives me anxiety, mm-hmm. <laughs> even if the possibility of knowing what I'm thinking is true gives me anxiety. I ask the hard questions right. because at the end of the day, it is my job as a parent to protect my children, to protect my grandchildren. That is my job is their parents job, too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, our job together. And so, yeah, I do. I, I ask the hard questions. And my, my kids get mad sometimes because I do ask a lot of questions. Right. And we we grown with children. Yeah. Um, but, hey, she's the I ask a lot of questions. I ask a lot of questions. And I leave no stone unturned. I wish some of them you be wishing you had left unturned over. <laughs> I, I mean, because, you know, you, you, you live, you learn. Yeah. You know, parenting did not come with any type of any type of what's the thing I'm looking for? Any type of guidebook or rule book. It didn't come with any of that. We learn as we go. And so as mm-hmm. a parent, if you've, been in, if you've been in a position where perhaps you did ignore some signs and later on down the line, you, you find out that it was exactly what you thought it was. Don't beat yourself up about that. You did the best you could with the information and the resources that you had at that time. Right. Can do moving forward. Is to do things differently. Don't ignore the signs. Ask the tough questions. Be prepared for the possibility of getting the answer that you thought you would get. And that's just real. Right. All right. Jessica and I could stay on here all day long talking about this, but <laughs> we're going to get ready to get off. But we want to thank you guys for tuning in. Jessica, thank you, guys. You're welcome. I can't wait to do it again. <laughs> I know. And Jessica will probably be... be probably be back on again next week because again Natalie is on vacation and I'm really hoping to bring Jessica on permanently for another segment that we're going to tie into the podcast but we'll keep you posted on those details so Jay thank you so much for coming in for filling in for Natalie and for giving such powerful insight on today's topic now before we get out of here Follow us on all social media platforms at Shades of Strong. You can go to shadesofstrong.com. Leave us a voice message about this episode. There's a little orange button on the right side of the homepage where you can leave us a message. If you have questions about anything that we've talked about, if you want a com- if you have a comment or anything that you want to say about this episode, mm-hmm. give us a voice message. And if there are any questions that you that you have about today's episode, concerns, or, or if you're in a position where you do need some help, please feel free to reach out to us because we got your back. All right. All right, y'all. Bye, Jay. Bye, y'all.
talking about things we never did before.